I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to Good Job, where we interview some inspiring people from the music industry. We explore their journeys from their very worst job to present day and find out what makes them them. That was Norse music composer Jonas Lorentzen giving us his throat-singing-inspired roar. Jonas is known for being part of the traditional Norse music act Heilung and is now working on his own EP. I was very scared of, um, of, of making it, actually. Mm. As scared of failure as I was, I was also as scared of making it. Jonas has spent a lot of time working through his mental blocks. During this episode, we talk about the benefits of setting yourself limitations, about the fear of success as well as failure, about learning how to throat sing, and of course, Jonas's new projects. We start the podcast the same way every time. What has been your very worst job? My first uh, sort of local television appearance. I was, it was in a band and we were... Um, 15 and we were finally felt that we were getting our big break because we were getting on the local television thing in Bonholm in Denmark we thought sort of like we would take over that place and so on and it turns out that television was really really grindy and we were just put in a corner and we were sitting and waiting and when we finally sort of like it's your time to play instead of playing a few songs which we had hoped to uh, we got to play half a song and they used 10 seconds of that song mm. in the actual or did they even use it I, i'm not maybe they didn't even use it i remember it being super super disappointing could you imagine when you were doing that tv show then that you would be doing what you're doing right now i think i always imagined or i always wanted you know like i need to, to play music so so i want to play big stages and get the music out to a lot of people and mm. live that whole musician's life so yeah i did i did imagine that but of course, when you're actually there, you're like, this is pretty amazing. Did you always want it to be involved in Norse culture? No. I mean, I've always been a giant history geek. And I've always loved everything to do with Norse mythology. Ever since I was a kid, when I started reading, um, I don't know if you know, do you know about these Valhallas, the Valhalla series? Mm-hmm. So there was, there was a movie as well that came out called Valhalla, which I think actually was a Nordic-English collaboration somehow. It, it seems like it was an English studio, and then it was these Nordic comic book people that got together and they made this movie. And uh, it really sort of hit me, because I grew up in it, like both my grandparents were priests. I grew up with a lot of Christian stories, and my grandmother would read me Bible stories. But when I then got into this whole Norse mythology thing, and I saw the way that the gods behaved, in the Norse mythology, I was like, this is really weird. Like, the god that I'm sort of have heard about is like all powerful and sort of unreachable. And here are these gods who are fallible and filled with, you know, pride and rage and, and, mm. and lust and all these different things. So I found it incredibly fascinating and I always have. But in terms of my musical aspirations, I never thought until a couple of years back 
that I would be sort of going deep into sort of this North mythology and history and sort of material and let that inform uh, my sort of musical journey. So let's go back then to when you first started music. How did that start and what sort of music were you into at that point? Well, my mother likes to say that my musical career started when I was three years old because my whole family is, is musical. So when I was three years old, my aunt, who was in a choir, in a sort of conservatory choir at that time, was coming to the island where I grew up and they were playing some concerts. And then they came to our summer house to have a, a lunch and my mother was preparing and everything. And my mother was very proud of me, so she put me up on the table. I have no recollection of this, but this is what I've been told. Put me up on the table and made me sing a nursery rhyme. And she said that was when it started really for me. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've just been and singing ever since and um, started out with the piano and choirs, like as maybe six, seven years old or something like that, and started my first band when I was 12. I think we kind of thought we were a heavy metal, mm -hmm. black metal <laughs> type of band. We probably weren't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think my voice was too, <laughs> <laughs> too, so high at that point. too sweet, you yeah. know? I like go singing about being the devil's spawn and stuff like that. We're like, I'm the devil's spawn, you know? Like, I would love to see a recording of that. I, I think I have it. Do you? Yeah, we, we recorded a, a first demo kind of thing in my uncle's old music colleague's studio that he had. With like electronic drums and you know, sounds horrible, but it's fun. I always love those old recordings when you first think that you're really good at music, but you're actually 12 and you're like, you know, you still have a lot to learn at that point. Oh dear, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I started, I started that band and, uh, you know, that band obviously split up. Then me and the guitarist from that band, we started a new band and that band was actually the band that sort of in, through various iterations was the band that I was in up until 2009, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So up until this point, you did, I suppose, what you'd call normal singing, like normal pop rock style singing. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, of course, again, like this is something like in the beginning, I was very inspired by uh, the sort of the grunge thing. So mm -hmm. I was sort of trying to be a little bit like Eddie Wedder, Kurt Cobain crossover kind mm -hmm. of thing, perhaps. And then... I got into Radiohead and Jeff Buckley and all that. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time I heard Grace with Jeff Buckley and I was yeah. just like, what is this? How is music like this possible? So I obviously copied him totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I did all I could to sort of try to get that whole uh, falsetto and that mixed falsetto register working and got really inspired by this whole indie but sort of slightly symphonic grand soundscapes and all that kind of stuff. Those kind of things were my main inspiration for many, many years. Then you went and joined Highlung, and this is completely different. Right. How did you find that? Because you're doing things like throat singing. I mean, I'm going to back it up a little bit, yeah. because um, the reason I was asked to join Highlung mm -hmm. for their first live show was because uh, Christopher, who is one of the, one of the three the triumvirate, as we call them, <laughs> Christopher, Maria, and Kai. Christopher is the is the sort of music mastermind, mm -hmm. the, the producer, the the one who synthesizes everything, and brings it into a holistic uh, picture. He and I had been friends. Like I moved to Copenhagen from the island I grew up in. Mm -hmm. I moved there when I was about eighteen. He was there in the school that I joined, third year of, I guess what you would call, do you call that high school? No, you, what do yeah, you call secondary it? Secondary school. Secondary, yeah. yeah. So yeah. the third year of that, so just before you go 
at university. So we've, we'd known each other for a long time and, and sort of met at parties and, and always had a really good vibe with each other. And at some point, I was doing a project where I uh, was getting funding from the Minister of Culture in Denmark to go to India and record with all these tribal and folk musicians. What basically happened was I was going to do this with a guy from a band called When the Saints Go Machine, which is a really, really cool Danish band. Um, but uh, we somehow couldn't figure it out and the schedules and so on. So I was always all of a sudden left without a producer partner to go do this with. And I'm not a producer at all. Mm-hmm. I've got 12 thumbs and, uh, for, <laughs> for productions. So I was like, who am I going to do this with? And then I thought, why did I not do this with Christopher from the very beginning? Because Christopher's whole shtick is to do ancient music and folk music and work with all these themes. So um, I think we were sitting actually at a party around a fire and I said, hey, Christopher, do you want to be a part of this this project? Kai was there as well at that time. This was when they had just started working on Heilung. And Christopher was like, yeah, we're going to go to India for a couple of weeks and live in a palace and record with all these different musicians. So we, we did that and we went to India and had a fantastic time and did a project together called Stoy which ended up being actually quite a sort of like dark pop project, but with all these ancient sounds sort mm-hmm. of informing the whole uh, soundscape, really. Then Heilung happened mm-hmm. because then they released in 2015, they released their first album called Ofnir. And actually, I had sort of been privy to their process, how they were working. And the first time I remember Christopher said, hey, come listen to this stuff I'm doing with, with this crazy shaman dude. And he didn't tell me anymore. And it was just, just sit down and just sit down and listen to it. And I think he played Alvarajit here. And I was just like, what is this? Mm. This is crazy. This is tribal. This is trance. This is metally kind of dark and, and, and gritty. Never heard anything like that before. And I was like, this is going to be huge. And he's like, nah, no one's going to listen to this. And it, it's just our little fun project or whatever. But then after story and all that, some dude made a video for Kickskalder with some pictures of the series of Vikings just sort of like fading in and out. Yeah. And that one got some million views or whatever. Then all of a sudden, I guess festivals had started calling Christopher and saying, hey, should we do something? And then in February 2017, Christopher called me. I just moved to London and he said, hey, uh, you're right. Like this Highland thing is huge now and they want us to come and, and play at these festivals. So do you want to come? Because we need someone who can really sing. Because Kai can sing, but he's not a musician. He's right. a tattoo artist. So he's had to learn everything from scratch, really, mm-hmm. which is incredible that they've managed to do that. Because yeah. now he's doing super, super well. But they needed someone who could just hold the male vocal parts. And I was like, <laughs> you want me to come and put on all this amazing garments and paint myself black and scream and all these kind of different things. But I didn't really know what I was saying yes to. I thought I was just going to be singing like I've always done. But then first rehearsal, of course, a little bit before they had asked me to try to do this throat singing thing. And we had also played around with it a little bit before in the studio, Christopher and I, but I'd never really practiced it. Mm -hmm. So it was actually sort of like, what do you call it? Trial by fire kind of thing. Like you just thrown into it. Baptism of fire. (laughs) Baptism of fire. Exactly. So I was sort of thrown into this thing and had to learn how to throat sing. And my story with throat singing actually goes back to 2009 or 10, Mm -hmm. the first time I did a sort of Vipassana type thing. Vipassana is a meditation retreat, total silence. It was like a Vipassana light. Mm -hmm. So there were some instructions and so on. And 
I saw these Tibetan monks sitting in a small temple. They were sitting in sort of long row, and they were just going, and they were doing this for hours. Mm. I completely lost track of time. I was just sitting there and looking at these guys, and I was sort of in this meditative mood, and it totally transported me. Mm. I think maybe also that was why it had such a, a huge impact on me hearing Heiling for the first time, because I was like, this is this primal, transcendental energy that comes through when you do this throat singing. Mm. But either which way, the throat singing, the sort of stand throat singing, that was, that was okay. But where, where it really challenged me was when I had to scream, especially in Alfara Haitir. There's this gecko, 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 and you have to scream like that, mm. like a sort of metal type scream. And I remember this was such a, such a beautiful moment for me because I remember Kai just like looking at me, he's like saying, listen, I know, I know you're a singer and all that kind of stuff, but just forget about that. Mm. Just be a bear or be a wolf and sort of channel that inner beast, that sort of bestial energy mm. that is in every human being, I think. That's so scary, though, to access that sort of primal feeling, yes. I suppose. Yeah, actually, actually, it's, it's it's really, I would say, transcendental in some sense. I mean, it's 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 really, you have to sort of let go of all your inhibitions and all your sort of like ties and, and so on and just completely let it let it loose. And that was something I'd never done before. Mm. Um, I've always been sort of so careful with my voice, you know. Yeah, well, singers of, often are. Yeah, you know, we're kind yeah. of trained to be like, okay, we're going to... Yeah, we have to have a nice uh, night's sleep and, yeah. and uh, no drinks before show. And, you know, like uh, to do that was really, what's the word I'm looking for? Liberating, maybe? Lib- yeah, certainly liberating, um, but also going beyond my borders or something okay. like that yeah. do you know what i mean like yeah. Uh, yeah and what happened after that after those couple of few rehearsals was that i realized that and i all, all of a sudden found all these other corners of my voice that i had not had access to before mm. i'd done a little bit of belting but not really that much like distortion kind of techniques and mm. so on never really found i could do that but once i sort of got liberated in that way i, I all of a sudden got access to all these yeah. These other parts of my voice, yeah. How much do you think that's mental and how much do you think that's uh, physically just finding parts of your voice? Because I guess partially with distortion, a lot of it's feeling able to do that. Mm. Yeah. And mentally allowing yourself to go to that place. Of course, I mean, you have to practice of course. to sing, you know, yeah. obviously. Uh, and there are there are ways to, you know, you know, getting your belly right and your, your abdomen to, and, and your back muscles and feeling all those things and pushing it through and make sure that you don't clench up here and all these different mm. things but i think many times when you do clench up here it mm. is also because you 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 get mental about it yeah. right mm-hmm. um so so it get goes to the head and the whole whole this yes. whole area just get because like you have to do that kind of thing uh so yeah i think i think it's very mental i mean if you look at someone like kai who has no no practice at all like before now before Heilung really like his ability to actually his he's so loud like if he does like a, sometimes when he, he'll go around and sing some old german folk song or whatever and he's freaking loud i mean so yeah he can't hit the notes all the time or he can now but he couldn't in the beginning so he had to a lot a lot of practice right and that's you know what singers can do right they can mm-hmm. hit the notes but but what he can do is just like put so much volume into it because he doesn't care. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think it's very mental. I think the best singers are the ones that manage to get the technique right so their their voice is free and able to do enough. But then after that, then once they've got the technique, they're able to let go. 
so yeah. that they can just express because I think people get so wound up in technique or the opposite. They just mm. they just think oh, I'll just put loads of emotion in, but then they're hitting notes off and they're like flat all the time and stuff. So there's a sweet spot that's just perfect. And that's what makes a lot of singers great, I think. Definitely. Like, yeah, yeah. You said, you said something very right there. Like learn all the techniques. Once you've learned them, then just forget about them, mm -hmm. you know, and then just be, you know, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I say that to a lot of my pupils because they say like singing is... People think it's all about hard work and it is kind of hard work learning the techniques, but that's where the hard work goes, not in the actual the actual process of singing. Once you've got it, you should be as free as possible. Yes. Then it shouldn't be hard. Then mm. it should be just play and enjoying feeling, it. Enjoying and, it, exactly. And feeling the emotions. But I think also, I mean, in, in learning all those techniques, it, it is also the, the reason, I mean, of course it is to learn the techniques, but it's also what you're saying, like, once you've learned them all, then you can start feeling comfortable and mm -hmm. then you can start letting go. Yeah. I think that's it. Just yeah. sort of, okay, I know this. I know this stuff, you know? Yeah. The technique yeah. is to give you freedom, not to be a technique in itself. Precisely. Yeah. yeah I think I that's where people go wrong a little bit. Yeah. They get wound up in the techniques. And singers, I, I mean, I've done that as well, certainly. I don't know if you have, especially, I'm sure Heilung totally freed you of all that. Absolutely. And Liberating. Just uh, is is the word I would say uh, with, with that my journey with Heilung has, has been incredibly liberating for me as a musician. So you recently left Heilung. Yes. How come you left Heilung? I realized at some point that this project was growing really, really big. And that was obviously great. And I think I had to sort of make a choice whether am I going to be the company man and just be in Heilung and, you know, 50, 60, 70 shows a year away from the family, all that kind of stuff, and not have my own agency in yes. creating the music. Because I don't, I don't create the music. Of course, it's not like I don't have a role to play. It's not like Christopher just comes in and says like, bop, 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 this is how it goes. He does do that, but he also wants us to be, you Part know. Part of it. Yeah. yeah. So obviously the musicians do, we do put our own touch on it and so on. And that's why the live experience is what it is. But it's but but I wasn't a part of creating the music, so I couldn't spend that much time doing it because mm -hmm. I just wouldn't have any time to do any of my own, really. Yes. You know, uh, because I have other things to do as well. I have a family, and I was very very inspired by being in Heilung, uh, um, and and being inspired by all this history and and how to how how this kind of these ancient ideas can inform creating music in a modern time. I was mm -hmm. really, really fascinated by that whole concept. So I wanted to make my own. Mm -hmm. And I said, this has been amazing. This has been completely life altering for me to be mm -hmm. a part of this project. And thank you. But uh, I need to move on. Yeah, that must have been quite scary to do that. Yes. My daughter came up to me and said, Dad, Papa. Are you sure about this? Oh, God. It's a big risk. Oh, She's no. eight years old. <laughs> Intense little one. Uh, it's a big risk. Very big risk. Are you sure about that? This is, you know, all you've been wanting and, and so on. <laughs> Which is crazy. But yeah, it was scary for sure. Yeah. And it was also scary for me to call up and a really good friend who I've, you know, I've known for more than a decade mm. and say to him, uh, I don't want to be in your band anymore <laughs> oh, yeah, no. right but i needed to do this there was a fire in me i just needed to get out and, and do my own thing yeah. and put my own mark uh and yeah. uh, it literally happened like this the composer that i'm working with on the film project mm -hmm. 
we had a really good rapport when we met at the first session and we sort of got really deep in, into each other. I'll tell a little bit about him uh, in a bit because he's a really, really interesting guy. Um, but we um, we just hit it off really, really uh, quickly. And I thought, this is the guy I'm going to do the project with. And that was a little bit before going on the, my last tour with Highland, which was yeah. in the fall in Europe. So like all of a sudden I just got hit by this thing. It's like I need to I need to, to leave now and I need to make this thing. And the minute I got back from the tour, I, I called up Sebastian, uh, mm-hmm. who's the composer, and I said, Sebastian, we, we need to find these dates now mm-hmm. to go in the studio. And we found the dates in the beginning of December. We had six days mm-hmm. and we went in six days and came out with three tracks. But of course, in this style of music, three tracks is like more than 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we um, we just hashed it out. We just you know went crazy. And um, and I sent it to uh, some record companies. And I'm talking with a really, really cool record company right now about Great. releasing it. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was just uh, something that had to come out. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Out of me. So this is our quick fire rounds. All right. Okay. Tea or coffee? Coffee, probably. <laughs> Although I do like tea, but coffee. Music or lyrics? Music. Cats or dogs? Oh, cats. Creativity or logic? Creativity. Plane or train? Train. Beer or wine? Uh, Belgian sour beer. Very specific. Or natural wine. Yeah. But if it's a natural, if, if, I get, if I get the chance of a natural wine, I'd, I'd say wine. Cool. Sweet treats or savory snacks? Savory snacks. City or countryside? Countryside. Matching or odd socks? <laughs> odd socks. <laughs> I'm the same. Don't I worry. Always, because it's just my default. Like, yeah, I'm the I don't same. have a choice. Guitar or piano? Piano. Friday night in or Friday night out? God, I'm gonna sound such like a grandmother, but Friday night in probably. Yeah. Modern or vintage? Vintage. Black and white or Technicolor? Technicolor. Moose or mouse? What? Moose, <laughs> moose. or mouse? <laughs> um, uh, moose. You're very good. Yeah. Hey, this is the part of the podcast where I give you a little bit of a fun fact. Now, as you heard in the podcast, Jonas had to learn throat singing for Highland. Although throat singing is often used in depictions of Vikings in movies, this type of throat singing more resembles Tuvan throat singing, which originates in Mongolia. And it's not even certified that throat singing was used in Norse culture at all. Having said that, it's actually really hard to know what ancient singing techniques sounded like because there are no artefacts of instruments for them. And throat singing is used 
all over the world, in Mongolia, Pakistan, South Africa, Sardinia, all across the world. So it is completely possible that it was used in Norse culture. And there is quite a funny quote from a traveller from Al-Andalus, which is now Spain, that points to the fact that there might have been throat singing. The quote says... I have not heard an uglier singing than the people of Schleswig. It's a humming coming from their throats that's worse than a dog's barking. Either way, Heilung and Jonas as an individual artist use an intriguing mix of vocal techniques from all around the world. Both are worth a listen and certainly sound much nicer than a dog barking. Wow. So talking about your new work, yes. you have taken... A lot of this, these ideas that you've been learning throughout the years, and now you've got a fancy project which we can't mention, but it is you're working on a, a Norse-style movie. Yeah. And what is the difference on working on something that's a movie than a live project, especially using these kind of primal sounds? Obviously, um, you are creating music to fit specific scenes, and there's already a sort of laid-out foundation for what's going to inform the music really but other than that i think it's 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 again pretty much the same i mean you 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 you're, you're finding some kind of source material to inform you and then you you build from that really and i think it's always good for an artist to put restrictions on him or herself okay interesting why do you think that when you put a little bit of kind of a dogma on yourself um you you it sharpens the mind somehow you know it really narrows your focus uh, yeah. in some sense so I, I think that's 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 a positive thing, and then and then you know you know when you're going beyond it, like somehow, and, and that's fine to do as well. But it has to make sense yes. to the dogma that you're going beyond it. Like there needs to be a reason why you're breaking the rules. Mm -hmm. I guess in some ways you have to be more creative when you've got uh, a box to fit into than if Definitely. you can just do anything. Definitely, it's, it's also cool to just go and like two musicians. We have a good vibe. Let's go into the studio and mm -hmm. see what we come up with. You know, yeah. that's also cool, but uh, uh, but it 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 it's very risky because you, you no idea whether it's going to work at all. Mm. But if two uh, people or more people come together and say, "Well, this is our framework. This is what we're working with," mm -hmm. um, then I think it, it both people kind of focus and tune into each other. It allows for that, I think, in a in a bigger way than if you don't have any framework at all. I have had that experience so many times going into a studio or going with a band or whatever uh and 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 no no real framework and then you can just be standing there banging your heads together for hours and nothing happens and mm. it's just a waste of time and i think i'm too old for that really you want to talk about sebastian sebastian uh is an incredible musician uh, his artist name is vessel he uh he, he had a great success with a track called red sex which mm. was in the handmaiden I fell in absolutely in love with uh, with what he does. He's so versatile. He's not really a he's not really a producer per se, but he's he's got a studio and and he's a musician really. And I really needed to find someone who could both produce, but who was also really good at arranging and 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 thinking about things in the larger picture and so on. And uh, like I said, like we just we just completely clicked when we met each other the first time and as we were talking about before as well like like, like 2019 has been a completely crazy year for me mm. also in my personal life some massive massive transitions mm. has happened and then you know okay all these things are happening okay let, i want to leave Heilung, so and all these things are happening anyway so let me leave Heilung and take that massive risk and so on really stealing yourself and saying okay these are massive risks 
but I need to focus on what I want to do. And having the courage to do that. Once you do that, you see, at least my experience has been that you just see all these other doors and possibilities opening for you. And so allowing yourself to be in that and allowing yourself to, your eyes to be open and see those things. If you had any advice for someone going off that, anything that you could give to someone entering the industry, what would it be? What's your main advice? Or to yourself, your younger self, what would that have been? I think definitely this thing about really thinking hard and deep, deep, deeply about what it is you're doing, why are you doing this? That would be my biggest advice. But I think also one of the advice I would really give myself is to, 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 to use my intuition and my feeling when working with people. Because it's not just about working with someone who's skilled or talented. It's really, it's really about, do, do I jive with this person? Does this feel right? Would I be able to go down to the pub with this person and just chat about stuff for yeah. hours, like as if we'd known each other for a billion years? Mm. Um, if, if that feeling is there, then you've got something. What has been your biggest challenge in your career? I think before recent years, the bands I was playing in before, I think, I think what people would, without knowing exactly, but I think what people around me, colleagues and so on, would say about me is that Jonas is really, really talented, but he's never going to make it because he, he never follows a thing through. Right. So he makes all these different things and it's very, very good. It's good quality and all that and everyone likes it around, but it never gets out to a, a larger um, thing because I sort of, I would always stop myself. Mm. I would always be too sort of like, ah, oh, it's not good enough. Or I would sort of scrutinize it and listen to it again and again. And sort of like, you know, uh, like a painter just painting a picture all his life, just mm. one picture. So just, ah, the little detail over there and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think that sort of ability to just say, okay, it's done now. Let's get it out, you know, mm-hmm. and just follow it and and believe in it. And and even when you don't believe in it, it's like push yourself to believe in it, you know, that kind of thing. I think I I and I think I was very I was I was very I was very scared of um, of of making it actually mm. as scared of failure as I was. I was also as scared of making it. I think a lot of people are afraid of that. Like they stop themselves. Before something good happens, or as soon as something good happens, I've seen that oh, a lot yeah. of people like then as soon as it starts to, and then it's like, no, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, exactly. You see that with uh, I'm a big fan of MMA as well and, and boxing and that kind okay. of stuff. Weirdly, but I really love that kind of stuff. And you see it also with with these guys when they get too big, they get too much money, and then they just all of a sudden they just they don't have the mm. the, the thing to, to to do it anymore as mm. well. I think that that's something that's been scare, scary as well. It's like, will it end at some point? You know, I think being in Heilung as well. Uh, allowed for me to sort of say well okay now you've already played on these big stages not that dangerous actually it's not that scary you know and i could do it from in a safe space you know Mm. where i wasn't necessarily the one that was completely focused on and so on so i could sort of get a taste of it yeah so i think i think that really did open up a lot of things for me it informed um completely new parts of my voice uh, parts of my ways of thinking about music and so on and so forth so um, I think my biggest challenge is really sort of letting go of that fear of succeeding and fear of failure and really just allowing myself to 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 get immersed in in what I want to say and then just saying that Mm -hmm. you know and Mm -hmm. just doing it 
definitely. It's so hard. Do you ever worry about what other people think of you? Yeah, um, I used to a lot worry about that. But I think I've, I've been able to let more go. When you're an artist, you're putting yourself out there. And it often feels like part of your soul that you're giving to yes. other people. Yes. So it can be terrifying to put that out. I mean, you have to be crazy enough to think that you can have an impact, I guess, somehow like that, you know, yeah. in, in order to do that, I think. And I think at this point, I sort of, I have, I've really developed my crazy. I think that's so important. I mean, you've got to be this steel, sort of like have this pole inside, just, yeah. mm, this is what I want to do. Yeah, I feel like artists are generally quite emotional and soft people because they have all these emotions that they have to express, mm. yet also... To be an artist, you have to have rhino skin at the same time. Oh, yeah. It's like this combination, like a marshmallow, like, but with a strong outer shell. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Which is interesting because in some ways growing that skin is against a lot of artists' nature. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I think I think the artists that do make it mm. uh, and don't kill themselves mm. are the ones that really are able to 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 steal themselves, really. Yeah. You know? And I think that is something that if you can develop that as an artist then then you have a, a really good chance of making it, I think. Mm. Uh, because you can obviously make it without having that as well. You've seen that many, many times. I mean, but but then, you know, someone like Kurt Cobain, you know, just amazing artist, right? Incredible lyricist, but it was too hard for him, I think. Mm. It was too much for him. The kind of limelight that he was in was obviously like something that most of us cannot even imagine. Mm. Uh, I think it just ruined him, you know? Mm. So I think be, be very, very careful. You have to really want it. And, and, you know, and be willing to, to make those adjustments mm. to steal yourself yeah. uh, in order to do it. And I think I'm really, um, yeah, it's, it's been very, I mean, the last couple of years has been very growing up for me, actually, in many, many ways. Um, um, like we were talking about a little bit earlier uh, off camera, sort of this whole thing about like finding a therapist and mm. saying, okay, yeah, maybe I need some therapy to, to, to help me, you know, mm -hmm. really uh, acknowledging something like that. Yeah. You know, it's, for me, that was really, really a groundbreaking uh, move. Mm. I also happened to find a really, really good therapist. Yeah. Um, but working with him has, you know, really allowed me, because a lot of what he does is like he says, okay, so you're feeling all these feelings and, and you're scared of this and you're scared of succeeding and you're having problems at home and all this kind of stuff. So, so feel it. Yeah. Be in it. Like fully. It's not dangerous. Yeah. None of these things are dangerous. Yeah. These things are just emotions. Yes. It's just stuff passing by, and you don't have to act on all of it. You have to decide what 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 emotion, what feeling, what thought is the captain on your ship. So this thing about taking a few minutes could just be a few minutes every day, and just sitting down and okay, what am I feeling right now? What am I actually feeling? What's actually going on? And then saying, okay, these things I'm feeling, I'm feeling this anger, I'm feeling this jealousy, I'm worried about what people think about me and so on and so forth. Okay, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a part of you too. Mm. Don't go like, oh, I shouldn't be thinking like that or I shouldn't be like feeling that kind of stuff. Mm. Say, okay, that's fine. But do I, do I like it when I feel that way? Do I like it when I get too immersed in what people think about me and so on? No. Okay, so maybe I shouldn't mm. dwell on that too much. Maybe I should dwell on this thing instead of like thinking about what I want to do and what I want to create and so on, and then and then and then go with that. Yeah. So it's never about saying this is bad, this is this and all all these different things. It's never about that. It's it's just about letting everything be mm -hmm. as it is, really. Okay, here's our final question. Right. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained one quality or ability, what would it be? 
whoa, that's so much. <laughs> I have to choose one. It can be anything, though. I think to be honest, uh, I could say many things. Like I would love to learn French or or, or learn a new language or a new skill and so on. But I think really just, uh, I think for me, being better at organizing. I think. Yes, I get. I understand that. I'm not an organized person. No, we talked about that earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. Um, one thing that I'm really bad at is like having a, a bigger picture in my mind so if i'm very single focused kind of person and then all of a sudden all this stuff comes back and it slaps me you know like you didn't take care of that you should have taken care of that back then and now mm. you're getting punished so i think being more organized and being able to think in larger perspectives uh, i think is is the is really the quality that i would like to have because I'm, good... Yeah, I'm really good at creating stuff I'm really good at just like like ah, throwing things out but sort of Bring it all together. I'm not good at that. Thank you, Jonas, and congratulations. Since the podcast, Jonas was signed with the record label Binors, who also work with Nordic acts such as Einar Selvik and Ivor. He's currently working with them in putting together his EP Lustus, which means desire under the name of Nebula. And this is going to come out in August. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review us on your podcast app of choice. It really helps us share these amazing stories with new people. We love your feedback, so please do drop us an email at goodjob@bethroars.com. And if you'd like to get early access to new episodes and support the podcast, please do head over to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash bethroars. Once again, massive thanks to Jonas, to James and Kazra at One Fine Play for the initial edits, and also big thank you to Tom Court, my co-producer who's been working super hard to put these episodes together. And of course, big thanks to you guys for listening. See you in the next one. Bye! Good job! How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.